Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. I am your host, Honest Abe, and thank you for joining us on this fine Saturday morning for KMA episode number 434. And as always on my Saturday mornings, I'm joined by the two men I adore the most every Saturday morning, the Italian scallion himself, (laughs) Paul DeCacco, and the man known as the goat, Alex Tavella. Good morning, rise and shine, bro. I could fall asleep right now. I am exhausted. I'm gonna late push night. Through. Yeah, he did no. a late night, early morning. I got here and I was like, uh, "Did you go home?" And I guess oh, at some no. at some point he went home, but obviously it wasn't for long. It's been a late night, a lot of nights. I mean, uh, we're coming yeah. on the home stretch of this warehouse thing. I mean, we set a hard date, so regardless of whether it's ready at this point or not, it's it's gonna go live, and it looks like. The date's going to be October 14th, and we're going to be tying it in with a not only a opening warehouse promotion, but a um, a national launch event with a major manufacturer, which I don't think I could say right now because the press release isn't out yet. But um, it's going to be a pretty good shindig, and we're going to put the warehouse and the boys to the test. But we're coming to the home stretch. Right. Oh yeah. Right. Right at the first. Right. Absolutely. At the first Absolutely. If, if, if it game. works, if everything works after this, it's smooth sailing. We don't believe in soft openings. No. So <laughs> that's where we're at. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's that's a good way. You, you got everything set and ready. You know, it's coming, so it's not like it's a surprise. It's just way more, way more involved than we thought. You know, it, it, this whole process has opened up a lot of Pandora boxes. Um, you know, websites 15 years old, you know, crap laid on crap, laid on crap, laid on crap over a decade and a half plus, you know. Right, right, and right. The every, little the little fixes now won't won't work. Every no, problem. there ain't no little fixes. It's yeah. new system, new back end. It's opened up a lot of Pandora's boxes and a lot of wallets. Cause it's, a lot of wallets. <laughs> a lot of wallets. But it's been exciting, and it's going to be exciting. I don't feel so bad. I I keep telling, and then when you come crying to me about your Disneyland trips and your your uh, depressant dogs and whatever, I'm like, dude. (laughs) My dog's not depressed. She's on uh, Prozac. Yeah, exactly. Your medicated dog behind me. Your medicated dog. Happy pills. You know what it is. You know what it is, man. It's not. It's not that it's so stressful. My my work. It's that like. Now that we, I work from home, I don't have an office for my business. I don't have an office for my day job. We, you know, right now we're still doing this remotely. I, I don't leave the house. She'll go, my wife goes out all day with the kids and does this and does that and blah, blah, blah. But like, 
I don't know, man. There's something to be said about leaving your house and going to it. Paul, we tried to make KMA meetings back in person. You can't even make it to the shop one night a week. So wait. So listen, this week when you wanted to do it, she, you wanted to do it at 4 o'clock on Thursday or sometime on Friday. And Friday, listen, I've been meeting with our general contractor like every other day right now because they, they basically said to us, uh, we don't really know when the house is going to be done. Uh, probably not in November. And I did was you, like, well, did that's you expect not a any different? I, I mean, I told you nothing is done and being delivered on time in well, this but universe. This is the third sep- it start. It was supposed to be September thirtieth, then October fifth, then October fifteenth, then November fifth. Now November fifteenth. I told you, like, you'll oh, be yeah, lucky. You'll, you'll, you'll be lucky if you have Christmas and New Year's in it. <sighs> Hate well, to break it to wa- you, but if you now prep, my wife has this whole plan that- for that reality, you'll be all right. Well, now my wife doesn't. She said, if we're going to move into in December, then we're going up to Long Island and you stay, move the house in. And then when we come back, we'll unpack everything because I don't want to ruin the Christmas holiday with unpacking and moving. Oh, like, <laughs> I, I take that deal in a heartbeat. Right. Get, yeah. Get out of the get, go. Get out yeah. of the way. <laughs> I'm going to call a couple well, no. of people up. We'll call, have call this shit done yeah. in half the time. You need well, to sign on to that right away, Paul. Move, but I need to be at the house for the move, and then I'll fly up to Long Island for Christmas. We'll see. We'll see. I just—it's—we just can't wait to get in there, you know. That move works in your favor. I guess you're right. It that, is some that, that works in your favor. Yeah, everybody knows it's a good deal, but you, and you want to complain about it. You know what, though, Abe, you and I commiserate with not being around our kids do do i want to not be around my kids for three weeks i don't know if i want to do that i i could take a couple days off from them believe me i can always use that but three you know it would be like three weeks without my kids i i don't know i don't know if i, I haven't seen my kids in a like month that. stop it you see them when you go home no what are you talking about when i go home they're asleep when i go home i see them for five minutes when i drive them i get home on a saturday afternoon if they ain't doing shit with their friends on Saturday or Sunday, maybe I get a couple hours in. Right. Right. Yeah, Alex, you're lucky. You're still at that age where he's kind of home all the time. Now, my two oldest, man. Oh, can I go to the Cause they're always out with my friend? Yeah, you know, can I go to my friend's house? Can I go do this? Can I do this? And now they're leaving. And Petra, another three years, will have a car. I'll never see her again. Talk or, about, she won't have a car, about- but she'll be driving. Talking about Alex's kids, dude. That video, funniest of Carmine ever. with the chicken. Oh my! My wife and I. I was showing my wife, and I put it up on the TV because we were, you know, watching <laughs> something streaming. And I was like, "You have to watch this. This is what we're in for with Axel. If we don't nip this in the bud now, do like it that, that, Did he? Did he? Did eat he what? It? No, that went did on he? for an hour and a half later, sitting at the table. <laughs> <laughs> at but, some but, point, now, somebody had to budge. And but he wasn't budging. So what am I going to do? What's funny is he he won't pull that with my wife. No, it's so He's, you're so right though because he my kids don't Axel doesn't do that with my parents. He they he eats anything that they give him there. My well, my brother in law's kid something. used to be the same way. He would eat nothing but like white rice and macaroni and cheese. And when he comes over to our house, my wife won't play that game. And you know he doesn't he doesn't do it to my wife either. But Carmine was like that. When when you know Brandy used to help watch him for a day or so a week for a while, and he was like that when he first started staying with us. But I just gotta tell you, and I, I couldn't record it because I was using my phone to show it. But I so wanted to record all my kids watching that video. Is they're like their highlight reel 
of the day. They, <laughs> they die laughing so loud. And my and, and they and know crying. and love Carmine. Wait, and crying, especially my 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 middle girl, Zane, because she's like my goth, maybe she, she's the one that could go to the dark side, you know. And she laughs so hysterically. She had an evil laugh. Herself. And she begged me, she goes, Can you please send that to me so when I'm not feeling like when I'm feeling down, I can watch that video. I mean, she loved <laughs> that video. That video is hilarious. Yeah, so I I don't know what happened afterward, but I, I don't know. Then from that night, the next day, Carmine decided to go and build a vending machine. My son is in the vending machine business now. Oh, good. Listen, man, that's a good business. <laughs> no, he sells chips out of a vending machine now from that experience. <laughs> and, he, and he sells it to you and Marissa? Or anybody. Any, anybody wants to go walking around. Dollar eighty five for a bag of chips. Wow, dollar eighty five. Inflation, man. You know. I like this kid. So uh, yeah, he went Smart from kid. He took that trauma and got into the racketeering business. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite is um, Marissa in the background, just walking in the bedroom like nonchalant. Whatever's going on out there, I don't care. He doesn't want to eat my chicken. That's that was, yeah. He does not it eat, looked like good, it looked like what like slow cooked chicken or something. Yeah, it was like crock, pot, crock pot chicken and dumplings. Yeah, there was nothing wrong. He doesn't like anything textury. I mean, he'll eat dry. Dry chicken. That's you know, dry French fries. Maybe a little ketchup. So poor Marissa can't win with him. <laughs> and I was not. Uh, listen, I no, I'm not cooking chicken nuggets and French fries. Eat it or go hungry. And we play the game. What, so at that point, like if he doesn't eat, he just doesn't eat dinner that night. No, fuck him. You either eat or you yeah, or go to bed hungry. I'm not. I'm not cooking other shit. No way. Because then you're you're never you're stuck that way. You're stuck. Then you're right. making your meal and his meal all the time. No way. We oh, never right, had that exactly. problem with our kids because our kids eat like locust, you know, like right. just everything. But like, did they when, always, Abe? Um, because Axel used to, yeah, be like dude. That. I remember talking to you guys about it. He would eat anything. He was eat, he would eat my sushi. I asked the doctor, is it okay to give him like you know like sushi grade tuna? Because he always wanted. Carmine was like yeah, that too, and he took a turn. He took a turn somewhere. Yep. It's, it's, yeah, it happened Brandy right never, around three years old. Brandy never acknowledged a turn. You know, she had this thing like even if they would saw something like sushi for the first time or whatever, right? She'd be like, take a bite, chew it, swallow it, and then if you don't like it, you can let me know. So she right. always okay. made them That's what eat I'm trying something. To do. Yeah, and they always succumb to it. And obviously some form of my genetics is in all of them, so they're just eaters, all of them. You know, they're eaters. But oh, I'd okay. see her do that to my, like, nephews, you know, They'd come to the house and like they want their chicken nuggets or whatever and French fries and like uh, right. no that's dinner you could sit there and eat it no but mommy well mommy ain't here this is dinner <laughs> this is what you get we're not a restaurant and yeah you're in Aunt Brandy's house now yeah man Aunt Brandy's <laughs> house so um, that's my 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 wife has a has a half sister that's you know much younger she's like twelve now. But it used to be that way. Like every night, her mother there were three things that she would eat. So every night, her mother made a separate meal for her. And Stephanie's like, "What the hell is this? When we were kids, you'd put squash in front of us. None of us like squash, and if we didn't eat it, too bad." So, so when we would so, take her out though, and I would just say, "Take a bite, have a piece of shrimp. If you don't like it, tell me, and then you can we can do something else." But she always ate everything we did. Something went left in parenting. I I, I don't because I see it with a lot of kids, especially my 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 kids' friends who come over, like. All they eat is like Kraft macaroni and cheese and chicken nuggets. Oh, that's like their, nuggets, right. yeah, that's their whole diet of kids. You know, I'm sure it started out with, you know, well, it's convenient and quick. Right. 
you know, but you know, I get up in the morning to make school lunches sometimes because I refuse that my kids eat school food. Yeah, yeah, you know? same thing. That's we, why I don't do understand that. my kid because this is the same kid that'll eat a full octopus tentacle, not even right. cut. Yeah, I've seen oh, those yeah. pictures. Yeah, yeah, I just I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I think he was having a little bit of fun with you too. He couldn't. He couldn't. He was laughing as much as he was crying. Absolutely, but once he he gets psyched out, he was psyched out. There's no way yeah. I'm eating this. I'll throw it. There was it was it. Yeah, he know? went then into it, that zone. You yeah. know, then it was then it was a game. It was a challenge. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't giving in. And guess who won? <laughs> he won. He didn't he eat. Won. I mean, he had. A, I think he ate a, two pieces of corn for dinner. But at some point, I'm Whatever. not. I'm not sitting at the table. You have to go get a bath at some point. So okay. Especially at five years old, like I feel like that. Listen, if they go to bed without dinner, they'll be fine. There's no issue. We we still like worry. Like my son could go three days, four days without eating anything on protest, and we've we've done it. But he is so miserable to deal with. I got the I got the complete opposite problem. I have to mark territory and like literally put notes (laughs) on shit. No, yeah, you know, like I've been eating salads and stuff. So uh, my wife will usually cook some salmon and fillets and put them aside. So I'll throw them on top of salad. So I made the other nights like, like uh, two big pounds of shrimp, you know, so I can just throw shrimp on top of my salad. But I literally had to mark the container, touch this and die because <laughs> that container, which should give me about five to six meals could be gone like in five minutes. Right. So Who like, eats it? Asher? They all do. They all do, man. Asher was before he could walk was crawling to the pantry. I got pictures of this. Was crawling to the pantry, pulling himself up, grabbing the cereal boxes, and just exploding them all over the floor trying to get them. They all eat. They all yes. eat like locusts. Eli does that too. Eli does that too, but I'm afraid he's going to make that turn like Axel did. I, I don't know. The, I, everyone we've talked to said that there's usually like a phase where they go through this, and you just suck it up and tell them like just ride it out. And you don't got to ride it out. But it is yeah, tough, man. You just got to ride. Yeah, after Carmine's bath, he had the balls to ask me for a snack. <laughs> sure, I got, a, <laughs> I got a snack. Chicken and dumplings. You want some? That's great. That's true. They do do that. Yeah. Yep, I get that too. Popcorn is the big one Get in this snack. house. Oh, man. Our, our snacks are pretty much, yeah, we got popcorn, goldfish, and Ritz crackers. Goldfish. And, and fruit. Goldfish Luckily, are my, my weakness. My kids eat a lot of fruit, man. And, you know, they're, they're, yeah. they're and that shit ain't cheap. I mean, they, no. they eat, fruit ain't no. cheap. They eat a lot of fruit, but I, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad they do. But man, they go through it. They go through a lot yeah, of fruit. We go through a lot of apples here, not, not so, and are and like tangerines. He, they love those too, which is fine. I'll give them that with their breakfast. That's fine. They can have some fruit with their breakfast. But he'll do like my, you know, some of his grandparents will say like, "All right, if you eat that bite of pancake, I'll give you a jelly bean." I'm like, no. But it doesn't work that way. Don't give them candy for breakfast. So, you, know, you guys are lucky you got two kids because it's a lot easier. Because like when you have four, like I got one that loves pineapple, but the other three don't, and I got oh, one yeah. that loves plums, but the other three don't. So you right. end up getting all, you gotta get all these varieties just to make sure like each kid's got something at least something they like. You got a hundred dollar fruit plate. It's <laughs> disgusting. From the grocery store. It's it is disgusting. Fruit, man. expensive. So where are you at? Are you in town? Are you back in town now? I don't even know. Somebody asked me in whereby last night. Is Paul still producing the show? I my, my, <laughs> my, my, wait. I, I think it was Alan Rubin. I think I kicked him out right after that too. But, um, my response was, when did he start? He, you know, why? Because he sent me a suggestion 
for a guest. I know the and- suggestion he sent you. He probably said because Alan has a habit of doing this. He he will send somebody something, and then you'll come to find out that he sent someone else the same exact thing because he feels that he needs to get his. Well, I said I said to him, I said, listen, I'm kind of taking a step back from the actual booking, like like booking people, but I'll send it to the right people. And he wanted to know who, and I said, ah, oh, you know, I don't I don't really know, like pretending like I have no clue what's going on with the show. I know exactly. And I sent it wants. to the. I think I sent it to the group chat with you guys, but this is like three weeks ago. But now I imagine. He's probably going to all these people and saying, hey, get this guy on. So maybe he thinks that I'm not involved. I am back in Florida. I've been back here since the weekend, I think. In the slums of Wellington? Dude, we met. Listen, this is terrible. I'll tell this story. Yeah, well, the grass right now, right outside our place, is like up to my knees almost. The problem is he doesn't doesn't even realize you're, you're ribbing at him. No, he doesn't. He's, no, oh, he's I like, get it. I know he's he commiserating with you. Oh, yeah. let me tell you about the guy here. He's commiserating. I know he is. We we had a a kid come by yesterday and asked to play with Axel. I was like, oh, yeah, awesome, great. I mean, like, if you could pick a, a child that looked more like Opie from Andy Griffin with the, the buck teeth and the really nice kid, though, and he was really – he was eight. So I was like, I don't know. He's going to be too rough. But they were riding their bikes around in the driveway here, so – Thankfully, and then the people next door to us just moved in their building as well, and they're delayed in the town over to us. So they have two kids. So it's it's uh we're we're turning the community around, man. We're all uh, taking care of our property, making it look pretty here now. Well, literally right before the show, like fifteen minutes before the show, I get a video from my wife. Oh, Alex, Alex saw it. Well, he actually heard it. He said, "Did I just hear that right?" I'm like, "Yep." My seven newly turned seven year old son is asking his older sister, the baby of the three, who I keep telling him, you need to stop listening to her because she's just going to get you in trouble your whole life. <laughs> no, she's not she the is, one to get advice from. Well, she's also the, the instigator and the influencer. Like, if there's something dangerous or something naughty, it's like, Asher, go do this. And he's like, okay, you know, so yeah, you got to stop listening to her. But there's always one. She takes the recording, and he's asking her, is the word sex a bad word? Seven years old. <laughs> now, mind you, my son, my son, out of all three of them, is still at the phase where everything is naturally yes, sir, yes, ma'am. He won't say a bad word. If somebody else says a bad word, he freaks out. You know, right. if we're watching a, a show, and I'm not sure where it's at, and there's there's like a scene that comes up that could be somewhat sexual. Like I didn't realize it was like a PG 13, but somebody he'll cover his eyes. Like he's still at that mode, right? <laughs> like he knows, he knows. Um, but yeah, he asked my wife is sex, a bad word. So oh, now, no. now I think I have to go home today and have a semi birds and bees discussion with my seven year old son. <laughs> now, now, now mind you, I've been spared this for right. three children. Yes. I haven't had to deal with any sexual. Dis- Al- Alex, do me a favor. Bring, lower the monitor. Yeah, tilt it I down a little you. bit. I got yeah, you. Yeah, because yeah, I see it. Because when it. Paul puts the banner, you're like, you know, coming off yeah. the thing. But I, I've had no sexual conversations with any of my kids. You got away with it. Three, three. Yeah, my wife handled it. Or the girls. You know, getting their, you know, menstrual cycle, sex, boys, all that stuff. And my wife's really like straight up. Doesn't beat around the bush, open with it, right, wants them right. to know and feel comfortable. So now, you know, after 15 years of marriage and four children, I have to have my first 
adult Brandy, talk with my son. Did Brandy say like, "Listen, Asher's your you got to deal with him with that"? I uh, no, it was, that? well, no, but it's kind of given. I mean, I wouldn't, yeah. you know, I, I don't want him growing up with you know her perspective on stuff, you know. <laughs> Not for a boy. Yeah, you that's know? true. Not for a boy. I mean, I mean, let's be real. I mean, there's different perspectives. I got, I got to show this guy the ropes. But I'm trying to remember if I ever had like a sit down conversation. Hell with my no. About that. Yeah. Hell no. My dad never even acknowledged anything. No, me neither. Never. I, no. One never. time, one time, my my mom put on TV. There was like a children's television workshop special on like ABC or something about how to teach kids about sex. And she like sat us down in front of the TV. She's like, "Here you go. Watch this." And it was like graphic cartoons and i mean i remember we watching were, that when i was like 10 when we're in the fifth grade which is how old that make you fifth grade anybody remember 10 11 10 11 9 10 11 somewhere around there they had started sex education in my school so that's when you started watching the stupid videos and yes yes and the stuff like that but that that's you know that and the your friends Did you go to public school yeah uh, i went to public yeah. school through high school and then high school i i, I I, I did got, the opposite. Oh, yeah, Catholic school. Well, there was none of like that. There was exist, none right? of that in Catholic grade school. Yeah, no, I went to I public, went to high public school. school too. It's up until high school. Then my dad said, "You know, I need to straighten this kid out." <laughs> in junior high, it got real. Clipped. Then you the flipped. videos got real. Graphic. I was the opposite way. I was Catholic school than than public school. I, you know, I was, I was, uh, I was, uh, I was a little bit of a showboat in grammar school. You know, and had a lot of fun and and whatever. So I wasn't really hardworking, diligent, and. You know, it's it's amazing what what happens to your school performance when you take girls completely out of the picture. You know, I mean, you don't worry about what you look like in the morning. You don't worry about how I you go to school, that. huh? I could see that. Yeah, oh, so you're you're not, like, it was all boys, all boys Catholic boys. high school. Yeah, I went to all boys Catholic high school. So you take girls out of the picture, man. All of a sudden, I became an A and B student real quick. There's so <laughs> few, yeah, there's so few distractions. Yeah, so I mean, I kind of worked so. Got me into college, so I, I can't blame him for that. But it, 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 listen, I, I went, I went to grammar school with these kids up until eighth grade. For you know, all these kids, and I literally, I was, I was the only guy who like didn't go to the public high school. I ended up leaving, so it was kind of, I wasn't thrilled about it at the time. But in the end, it all worked out. But yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, now trying to figure out how, how I'm going to have this talk with the son, with my sons, considering I've never received this talk, I've never right, heard exactly. a dad give a give this talk. I've never had to do it before, so this will be interesting. Maybe I, you should, I should go to a talk I to should, your kids about sex boot camp. I should just silently record it just for documentary purposes. So like 20 years from now, I could play the conversation back to him. Oh, my God, yes. And like his questions. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm curious yeah. what he's going to ask me because I don't know what he knows and what he doesn't know. Do you, you think know? he just knows the word? He probably just knows the word. I don't know if he knows what the word means. Right, right. I don't know if he, because I, mean, I don't know. And the problem is, is that, you know, you say at seven, we didn't know nothing, man. But today, man, these kids are rampant, you know, because, I mean, listen, our kids are kind of under a semi-control. They don't have YouTube. They don't have Facebook. They don't have free access. The older ones are getting slick and they're figuring ways around it, you know, but, you know, they, they're not exposed to it, but their friends are, you know, yes. yeah. Somebody, yeah. Some, of their, some of their friends in their school probably got access to porn already. Yeah, oh, you know? yeah easily. So so yeah, I mean, I don't know what he knows and what he doesn't know. So this is this is going to be a really intriguing conversation. Well, that should be your first question to him. Like, all right, sit, sit right. down. Sex. What do you know? 
<laughs> well, first yeah. I'm gonna ask him where did you hear it and right. how did you hear it? Right. You know, uh, my, my 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 math teacher was uh, asked me about. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I need to know where he heard it for the first time. Right. Yeah. yeah, I had to have one of those tricky ones with Carmine with uh, regarding the N word. Ooh. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Which is, uh, it's a tricky one because you, you have to really, like, it's it's in the, it's a different echelon of bad word. It's not just bad word. You have to. Right. It's a tricky right. one. Yeah. And yeah. where he heard it and the context in which he heard well, it. Well, the, the problem at that age is they, they, they end up hearing it too, where it's kind of not a bad word. So Correct. it's very confusing for them. Right. Correct. It's a lot of music. Correct. Yeah. Music, Correct. you know, especially my wife's family. Yes. You know, I mean. Right. Talk, you know, yeah. it's it's. I've heard it said this and that, and it's like okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a, a tough one, one, man. That was oh, a yeah. tricky one. It was tricky, but I I think I navigated it. You know, it's it's a tough one. <laughs> Casey's question. That's your. That should be your first question. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna be interested. I'm gonna be. I'm, I am gonna record this. I'm gonna record this for uh, future purposes. Get a, should... get a release from him. Get him to sign a release so we can play it on the air. And so before we get to our Meet Your Maker segment, we haven't discussed Alex's background yet this morning. Oh, no, we have not. I'm People having a background issues, but I'll... Uh... So now, I, is... I always thought that was at the top of the steps. It was. Did they move it? They moved it. Did they really move I, it? I remember yeah, seeing it. it at the top of the steps. They moved, yeah. it. They moved it. Why did they move no. it? I don't know. Too many people were running up to the top of the steps? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they moved it, but they moved it. That's like they moving moved. the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. You can't just move shit like that. Well, they technically Ooh. did move the Statue of Liberty. It's now technically Jersey. Wait, when did this happen? Did they move it? What? The Rocky? I don't know. A few years back. I don't know wow. why. I don't remember why they moved it, but they did. They moved it in some off corner for some reason. I don't know. So you, I mean, you can see it's still in range, but it's not at the yeah. top. Yeah, still see the building. Which, yeah, which yeah, kind of makes running the steps, which I've never done, um, a little less. There's no point. Yeah, there's no like. Maybe that was their point. Don't do it. They don't maybe. want people doing that. Everybody. everybody now now I gotta Google to find out why the Rocky statue was moved. I feel like Coop will have an answer for us. Coop, and we need that in the scoop. <laughs> all right well we have a first time guest i love when we have a first time guest we're popping cherries here on kma talk radio um always good for me for us and our listeners uh this is uh not a new guy in the industry but maybe not as out there and well known as uh, he should be and we're going to find out a little bit more about it let's hit our meet your maker segment i want all of you to get up out of your chairs i want you to get up right now and go to the window Open it and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. For the first time on KMA right. Talk Radio, Mr. Ram Rodriguez from El Artista Cigars. Ram, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. How's it going, guys? What's up? Good morning. Good, Thanks. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Happy to be here. Right? So, Ram, you know, a lot of people may not know who you are or know of the company, but you you and your family have been in the industry not a short time, very long time. Why don't you give us a little background on your family history to start things off? 
Yeah, so we've been around for a while, for sure. Um, our company was founded in 1956 by my grandfather. Uh, his nickname was Pulita. And uh, we've been making cigars uh, initially for, for the local market, in, in the little market in, in Tamboril, my, my hometown. And during the 60s and 80s, we were selling our cigars all across the country. Uh, with the cigar boom, uh, we started selling products in the in the United States. Now, and now in the 1680s, when you said you were selling cigars all over the country, were you selling them directly to consumers, or were you making cigars for other companies? Uh, we, we've been making cigars for other customers, but back then, our main business uh, was a brand called Puro Cibao. Uh, that cigar was sold in grocery stores all across the Dominican Republic. Back Got then. it. Got it. Yeah. Um, nowadays, and the cigar boom. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So uh, nowadays, uh, we are selling our products uh, in many countries, including the U.S., Canada, uh, so few countries in in Europe, in Asia as well. And we are probably one of the biggest leaf growers here in the Dominican Republic right now. Uh, and we also grow tobacco in Ecuador, where we also have operations. So you're not a small operation by any means. Uh, no, it's it's not like a small, a tiny operations at all. Uh, we actually uh, have around a one thousand two hundred staff uh, working with us, and wow. uh, we have operations all across uh, the Cibao region here in the Dominican. Now, you you were telling us the background of your family, and you got up and you started saying, and then during the boom, what happened during the boom? Uh, during the boom, uh, a lot of big changes happened, uh, not only for us, but for everybody. Uh, cigar became a mainstream, as everybody knows. So uh, my father took the opportunity and he relaunched the factory. Uh, back then, we were known as, as uh, Tabacalera Puro Cibao. Uh, he changed the name to El Artista. And uh, he actually uh, co-owned a, a small cigar shop in Queens, New York. Uh, where he started uh, presenting uh, some of our brands. Uh, then in the early uh, uh, 2000s, uh, we started uh, focusing a lot in private labels. Uh, currently, probably around 75% of the, the cigars we manufacture in our company are for, for private labels, and the rest is our house brands. When did you guys make the transition to start making house brands? Uh, so, uh, we've been doing that for a while, but, uh, mainly through exclusive channels, uh, we start taking it a little bit more serious, uh, around nine years ago when I jumped in, um, I, uh, had the idea of opening our own distribution company in Miami and start selling directly to as many retailers as we could. Uh, at first, it was more a, a, like a side project, uh, more of a way to attract more, more companies uh, for us to make private labels. Uh, then with the FDA and, and all the, uh, the turmoil out of uh, all the, those uh, regulation changes, uh, we realized that the future uh, of the cigar industry, there was not going to be that many uh, private labels anymore. So, and that we have to focus a little bit more in our own brands. Now, I, I, I want to, we're going to, in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about some of those brands, but I want to talk about one in particular, one I'm going to light up right now, because 
you know, I, I'll tell you a story, and I'm, I'm making a prediction here on KMA Talk Radio. Um, you know, Rocky Patel for many years had an okay business, Indian Tobacco. It really wasn't going anywhere, and and um, you know, he was struggling. And then I remember, I think I was in. I think, yeah, I, I went out to Naples. I had to visit him for something because I was doing a private label program with him for a while. And um, he showed me these two new lines he was going to release at the trade show. It, it, he was changing his company name from Indian Tobacco to Rocky Patel. And my first response is, dude, no one's going to buy a cigar with the name Patel on it. <laughs> it was literally my first response to Rocky. I said it to him outright. I mean, I'm like, I mean, I'm not trying to be offensive, but, you know, unless your name ends in Alvarez, Rodriguez, you know, Something I said, who's gonna buy it from a manufacturer? Patel, but I mean, another one of my very wrong predictions. Um, and at that time, I think the cigar was being my general and it did very, very well. But what cigar you think put Rocky Patel on the map? Edge, undoubtedly, the Rocky Patel Edge, another product that I saw. At the trade show, it was the first time someone was putting it on regular retails, only available in a 100-count box at the time. I'm like, this is the dumbest idea ever. Ever. <laughs> I feel like Sal Fontana right now because he was notorious for making these awful predictions. Um, and that cigar put that whole company on the map. It really, really did. And my prediction is the cigar I'm lighting up right now if you haven't heard of this, this Buffalo 10, this beautifully boxed per cigar, it's a fight out. This is going to be your Rocky Patel edge. That's my that's my prediction. In, in, well, in, thank you in, very much. Yeah. In, 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 in your own private brands, this is going to be... How long has this brand been out? Uh, it's been out for three years. Uh, every year we've been introducing a new blend to it. Uh, this one was... Uh, the last one, the, the the Connecticut, which is the one that I have right here. So it's been for uh, three years now, and uh, yeah, but it's been amazing actually. Uh, we've been out there uh, for a while and uh, getting a lot of good feedback from from cigar smokers all over all over the place. Uh, now with this one, <clears throat> it's been just crazy. Uh, it's been quite a challenge to keep up with the demand and. And I mean, yeah, we are just impressed of, of the results and the feedback we're getting out of our Buffalo 10. Someone walked me over to your booth at the trade show this year. And, you know, I heard of the company. I heard of some of the lines you had. Um, nothing that really had big traction here. But I remember walking your display and seeing this cigar. And then when I saw the price point on it, and then you guys gave me a couple of smoke, I'm like, this has got to be one of the best. This is a $5 cigar. This box press cigar is a $5 stick retail, full wow. retail. This has got to be one of the best $5 smokes. And we bought in the line and currently. Um, wildfire. Yeah, it's selling like wildfire in the stores. We I just we, we just got this skew up online on the web. Um, I don't think there's product shots of it up yet. But yeah. the description for the Maduro and the Natural are up online. And your other brands will be coming up in the next week, week or so. We're getting to the end of entering a lot of your stuff, but this is available at smoking.com. $5. Yes, it is. I put the inventory up before the show, in, bro. When you get up early, shit happens. All right. Good man. Okay? I it knew was either that or I was going to log in real quick. No, no. I knew it was coming on the show and I knew we were going to talk about it, so why wouldn't I make sure yeah. it was up and available? Um, but yeah, it's available at smoking.com, like I said. 
And um, I got a feeling this is this is. I mean, it's selling like wildfire. It's been in our stores. We just didn't have time. We had to take product shots and copy and. I was but, just going to um, ask: Is it, it's available at the stores too? It's available it's at the available stores. stores I remember a couple of weeks ago, whenever it was, and they were saying the guys were saying we we're out, we're out of them. We were like, "There's no way we're out." We brought a ton to the stores. There's no way. There's no way. It's impossible. We're looking around. I got people looking for. There's no way we're out, and we were out, man. We were out. Wow. This thing took off. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm calling. We're going to talk about your other lines a little later on the show. I want to still talk more about you, but I was lighting this up, and I'm, I'm calling it right now. Buffalo Ten. I don't know how you've been out for three years and just didn't come across my radar, but I'm telling you, I got a feeling this is this is this, when this when this gets more and more out there, and people hear about the scar who haven't heard about Buffalo Ten at five dollars. I get smoke this all day every day. Wow. Okay, so, that's saying something for sure. Yeah. So, That's my next cigar. I'm telling you. So, and it also comes yeah. in a great packaged five pack. Right, it comes in a cube of five five packs put together, or you could buy if you buy five at a time. They have five individual packs. You can buy them by loose by a stick, but solid solid smoke. Um, so, Ram. So, your family had this business. Did you grow up thinking you were going to go in this business, or what were you going to do? Uh, to be honest, not a hundred percent. When I was a kid, uh, I was all over the place, I guess. Uh, when I was probably like 13 years old, I wanted to be a doctor. And oh, wow. Then a computer engineer or anything but tobacco. Uh, main reason why, I guess, is because uh, I, I've been going to the factory every single day since, since I was very, uh, very, uh, very young. Uh, the rule in my in my house, I never had like an allowance. It was more like a salary, more more than anything else. Uh, the rule was that after I do my homework, I have to go to the factory and trying to learn as much as I can there. So uh, that's great. I always knew. Yeah, now that I see it, you know, uh, I'm really grateful that uh, my mom and my dad were so uh, insistent with that. Uh, they always, they never. It pushed me like, oh, you have to be part of this industry. But, you know, they were uh, uh, it, it making me, you know, understand a little bit of the process in, uh, in that way. And uh, so I never had like a, it was like a salary. I have to go every day during a summer vacation. Uh, it was even more serious. I have to go for the whole morning. And uh, I actually went through all the processes in the, in the factory uh just as an employee so so one day i was sorting a tobacco leaf uh next day i was helping coordinate the logistics <clears throat> of, of the warehouse for example and when i was uh, 16 uh, I, I went to my first uh, pca well ipcpr back then and it opened my eyes and made me realize what happened with the cigars after you put it in a container and close the doors of it. For me, that was the end of the history. But then when I realized how much of, of a culture and a, a lifestyle uh, the cigar is, uh, I fell in love with it. And that's when I realized like, yes, this is what I want to do my whole life. And I'm very happy and proud to be part of it. Did you get to work under your father and your grandfather at the same time? No, unfortunately, I never met my grandfather. Uh, he passed away a, two, a, four years before I was actually no. born. So, yeah. Wow, sorry. 
So how how was it like working under now? Is your father still involved in the company? Yes, my father is still involved with the company. He managed uh, all the growing operations, uh, the the sorting facilities in Ecuador. Uh, he's in charge of that as well, and he deals with the uh, with the leaf uh, business uh, because uh, that's that is actually uh, our most important side of the business, uh, tobacco trading. Uh, so at first, you know, I, I, I am, I'm, I always will be, I guess, the, the little kid of my house. So, <laughs> so the, sometimes I have some ideas that I, at least I believe are very good. And he's like, ah, this little kid, you know? <laughs> uh, so at first it, it was very hard when, when I was in college that I started taking the work uh, very serious. Uh, he actually didn't want me to to open the warehouse in in Miami, uh, because well, he told me like you, like you have you have no idea, you don't know the culture of that country, uh, you don't know how business goes over there, you know, like there's no way you're gonna be able to to manage uh, operations overseas uh, that easily. Uh, but I've been gaining the trust, and uh, right now I'm kind of in the process of getting a little bit more involved on the tobacco trading side and i'm bringing back all those old memories of him you know tr trying to advise me on not to do the ideas that i have in my mind it's tough because the the older generation doesn't they weren't as progressive a lot i mean my dad they almost disowned me because i left the family business to move to florida you know he's like what are you doing i mean literally three to three times disowned me so you know, and, and they, they they try to do it with the best intentions, but they they're not always right. Um, the good parent realizes when they're wrong and 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 you know backs off. But yeah, I totally understand that struggle. Um, I, I I also tend to find and and I and I'm curious what you think about this. Outside of some outside of the rare anomalies of a guy like Saka, who's just a, a data freak and. You know, gets really too. You know, he gets more in depth in making a cup than probably they did putting together the space challenge, the space show. You can say obsessive compulsive. Yeah, challenger. But I tend to find that the families who actually grow tobacco tend to make cigars a little bit better because they understand more about the leaf and the blend and the product that goes into making a cigar. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, uh, since you have so much control of from the seed to the actual final tobacco, uh, you are able to, to know on time uh, what is going on with the crop uh, that you, are, you have uh, in bales in, in your warehouse already. And so usually, you know, we are tobacco sellers and we are 100% sure of what we have in our warehouse. And, you know, we tend to take what we think is the best for, for our cigar making side of the business before offering to somebody else. And there are a lot of reasons why uh, what you're saying is, is truth. Uh, if you have control of everything, uh, you can basically uh, be able to, to make an outstanding product uh, and something unique first than anybody else because you know you grew it right unfortunately in the sales it's not always about the product yeah that, 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 
that's the struggle I have a lot of times when I when I talk to manufacturers or brand owners who come in here, because you know, perfect examples. Take a look at the Placencia family, right? They've been making great cigars for other people forever, like just before I've been in the business, and they struggled for a long time trying to, trying to come up with a brand. It's not because they don't know tobacco. It's not because they don't know how to make a cigar. They just didn't know how to get it out there and market it. And it wasn't until a couple of years ago that this, I think it might be their second or third attempt at really building a brand. Yeah, they we hit, talked to them about it on the show. Yeah, they hit a sweet spot. So, I mean, but that's a perfect example because, you know, even though they didn't have a brand that sold successfully on their own for many, many, many years, they were making Grand Slam hits for almost everybody in the industry. You know, so I, I always thought that, you know, it, it's like it's like wine, right? You could you could private label wine, buy finished product and really not know anything about it. Or you could be the guy who's watched the grapes grow, know how this harvest was, how what, what was different. And I just tend to feel I, I like I, I like guys who grow their tobacco, who make cigars. I, I think they they have a better depth of understanding of what they're actually making with the product it makes it makes perfect sense and it's and what's fascinating to me reading about ram and 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 el artista is he like think about the way the way that i grew up knowing cigars and my grandfather smoked cigars my my uncles smoked cigars like i knew the lifestyle before i knew any of this side of it and ram grew up the opposite way like he knew nothing about the culture of cigar smoking he knew like the the back end like where the tobacco comes from and I, I find that such a fascinating way to start your journey into cigars ram and and you you have to notice that that's that's unique among a lot of people in this industry that you know you that really what pulled you back into something you've done your entire life you saw like this is the finished product this is the lifestyle this is the culture behind this product that takes so much hard work and sweat and blood and tears to make yeah, and to be honest with you, uh, it was not that easy uh, at first. You know, uh, cigar making and uh, cigar commercialization are two completely different industries. And right. it, when I started, you know, uh, I felt like, oh, I know everything about cigars, you know. So I I'm pretty sure uh, creating a brand and selling them is going to be very, very easy. Uh, I was so wrong. You know, and uh, I made so many uh, mistakes uh, at, at the beginning just because it's, it's completely different. You know, uh, it's a completely different industry. And it doesn't really matter how much uh, you know about cigars and uh, how good is, are your cigars and the quality of your tobacco. Uh, if you don't know uh, how to put the, your cigars out there, uh, you're just going to fail. True. Yeah, Abe says that all the time, right? The, it, it, you can have the best cigar in the world if it's not put out there properly or marketed properly. Well, you know, it's not like itself. it was. It's not like it was many years, many, many, you know, a couple decades ago. Plus, um, there's a lot of people making great cigars, good cigars, you know, and it, it's a very plentiful field. You know, your, your odds of walking into a humidor today and finding something absolutely putrid and awful is hard. It's not that easy. Where back when I first got in this business, half the humidor was filled with that kind of stuff, you know. So it, it's hard. So so how do you make yourself stand out so that someone tries your brand? Because you know, and then look, look, it's all a numbers game. The more people you get to try your brand, the larger percentage of people you'll find that will like your brand. Because you can still have a good brand that's not your cup of tea. You know, there's 
good beers and there's good whiskeys and there's good tequilas that some people don't like. It's not their cup of tea. I mean, there's great stuff. It's just the way it is. So it becomes a numbers game. And, you know, guys who get in the business for themselves and don't understand that struggle. And that's why I was kind of very excited to do this show because, you know, it's very seldom I go to a show, and especially when it's a company. I, I didn't even, I wasn't even planning on seeing Ram. I wasn't planning on going to the booth. In fact, his importer is a very, very good friend of mine. Uh, the brothers, actually. And, and in, in fact, um, if anybody watched the Digital Great Smoke, um, Chuck Girardi, um, who sings the theme song to our show, <laughs> uh, uh, him and his brother are importers, and they import a lot of cigars for manufacturers. And he just said, I had to do him a favor. He begged me, you got to come meet this family. You know, they, they make great cigars. You know, da da da. I'm like, I'm like Chuck. I'm running around. I'm putting orders in the house. You know, but Chuck's, you know, they're great people. They do a lot for us. So I said, all right, let me walk over there. The first thing I saw is I saw this stick on on a shelf on display, and I thought this was going to be like a ten dollar cigar, literally. When I saw the price point, I said, this is a five dollar stick. I said, all right, I, now I got to smoke it and see and see, you know, how this is a five dollar cigar, and literally. After smoking the stick, I turned my operator's guy like, "Yeah, we're placing an order. Let's let's." I, I we sat we sat at the show. I said, "You guys got to come to." I asked him. I said, "How often do you come to Miami?" He's like, "Whenever I whenever I need to." I'm like, "You guys got to come to my office." And him and Kevin came to my office, and we sat and we talked. We bought in the line, and we bought in some of the other lines too, which we'll talk about after the after uh, the second hour two of the show. Um, but yeah, this this is my prediction. This is this is the the winner. This is going to put. This, this is the gateway. This is like the the, the gateway drug. This is going to get people. <laughs> yeah, this is the gateway drug. This is what's going to start people off on El Artista cigars. If you if you've never heard of it, or you've never had it, this is your gateway drug um, to really start experiencing some pretty good blends of cigars. It'll be very interesting. We're going to run out. Oh, really? I, We're going to run out. I guess I got to. I should get over there. I bet. I'm just saying. I think we're going to run. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's a great cigar. It's a great price point. And especially once people start smoking them, it's going to catch traction. And I agree. I agree with you, Abe. And it's going to catch. It's already it, it caught like while. I mean, just seeing, you know, seeing the store and how it went. It's. And I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I like gloated a little because my operations guy thought I was crazy. Matt's like, you're not bringing this. I said, hell yeah, I am. You know, and I, I say, I don't know about the other cigars. Because, but this one is a grand slam, and if they like this one, people will want to try his other stuff. Bring right. the stuff in, and I and I'm not always right. I I've made some bad calls, but I, I love it when I see something like that and I pick it and we put it on the shelves. And I don't know if you thought if you were skeptical at all. If you were, you didn't say anything. But we put that stuff on the on the counter, flying, flying off the shelves. So no, I like right. when I like when that happens. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so how often do you come to the States, or do you predominantly you know, work down at the factory? Uh, I predominantly work in, down in the factory, uh, but I usually go to the States uh, every one or two months, uh, mainly to, to the, uh, Florida, because that's where our warehouse is at. Uh, but I, I go quite often. Uh, not because of COVID, I used to do a, a events every now and then. Because of COVID, everything kind of stopped. And now I have a baby. So, oh, congratulations! Um, thank you, thank you. First one? 
uh, the first one. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, he's one year old, and there's another one on the way. You, you know how the Dominicans <laughs> are. You got you, know, like, you working it, good man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I told him he said he had a one year old when we spoke yesterday, and I was like, "That's perfect. Wait like three years, four years before you have the other one." He's like, "Well, my my wife's pregnant." Already. Yeah, too late. I was like, "Oh, yeah. just Oops. like me." Wait, wait, why, 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 why three years, four years? I specifically told you two years is the max. Yeah, I still think that if they were a little bit, if Axel was a little bit older and more independent, it would be easier. No, see, you're thinking of your convenience because you don't want to yeah. do it. Yeah, you're selfish. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, ten times, it's 10 times better for the kids when they're closer together. You know, my kids are all about two years apart. And the youngest and the oldest get along. Two of them are in grammar school and high school, you know, middle school and high school at the same time. Two of them, all two of them, each will be in college at the same time. You know, it it, it just my brother and I, five and four and a half, five years apart. Yeah, you know, I mean, we're we're brothers. We're kind to each other. We love each other. But you know, it's hard. It's hard to really bond when there's a big gap between them because, especially. Because you got to remember, when you're 30 and 35, doesn't care. You understand? Yeah. But the bonding they're, years they're are so when different. they're three and eight. What is an eight-year-old doing with a three-year-old or a 10-year-old doing with a, you know, three-year-old? Uh, that's know? true. But, I, you know, I, I'm four years younger than my sister, and she's four years younger than my brother. So you're right. When we were kids, I really didn't bond much with my brother, who's eight years older than me. But now, you know, I talk to him every day. We, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're lucky. But you know, a lot of times yeah. those those relationships don't develop because you didn't bond as children. Like I know, I know my baby girl and my son. They're two peas in a pod. They will be notorious throughout life. I'm sure they're going to get in trouble together. I just pray they don't get arrested together at some point. <laughs> but th those two are notorious. You know, I mean, and and they, they it's just good to see them all like that. Two years is a good number. Two, two and a half is a good number. You're doing it right. Don't listen to him. <laughs> I agree. You're not no, thinking I'll long term. Turn back now. You're not I'll thinking long term. I wish I could have had him year. earlier. You're not thinking long term, Paul, because the closer they are in age, the closer you get them all out at the same exactly. time. Exactly. <laughs> you got to think long term. That is true. Exactly. That is, you know, that's kind of what we thought. And we were like, right. yes, let's not way too much time you know Let's yeah we got it. we got four kids and it's only gonna be a four-year span before they're all gone yeah. <laughs> and uh, we, we don't want to get rusty on the game either you know <laughs> yeah. and, and plus who wants who wants to who wants to go through diapers in late nights like five years later exactly. we, do, we had like a six-year total streak of diapers and baby feeding and and we were done yeah done over <laughs> over so that being said, all right, well, we got to take a break, Ram, but we're going to come back with Ram after the break. We're going to do our uh, As the Record Spins. We have a good question from you, for you from our good friend Eddie Guerra over at Avo Cigars. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the other lines you make, some of them uh, attached to some uh, a very famous person other than the Buffalo 10. We'll talk about that in an hour two. We got the scoop with Coob, and the first episode of season three of tale of the tape i got a feeling this tale of the tape season is going to cause the most comments and arguments and debates out of all three seasons so far so we, we teased it last week right we teased it yeah tale of the tape uh season three the best mafia movies so um 
This should be very, very interesting. And I'm going to let people know now we have a best of next week um, because I will be at the Cigar Snob uh, 15 year anniversary party. We've been we've been with Cigar Snob for 15 years, so it's pretty awesome. Oh, that's awesome! Good for them. Yeah, they're having a big function down in Miami, and you know I've been burnt out, so me and the missus are just going to go for Friday and Saturday night and stay down there, and come back Sunday, and just make a little staycation out of it and get get some rest up because literally we'll be coming out of that and rearing up for the warehouse day, so it'll be interesting. So stick around. A lot more coming in hour two. KMA Talk Radio. Keep it lit. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. Currently available at your favorite cigar store, the Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua is another fantastic collaboration between A.J. Fernandez and Rafael Nadal. Landing a number one cigar of the year of 2020 by Cigar and Spirits magazine, the Reserva Real Nicaragua is handcrafted at Tabaculera A.J. Fernandez. This Nicaraguan Puro is a medium to full-body cigar that is packed to the brim with flavor notes of leather, coffee, and red pepper, which pairs nicely with a spiced rum. Available in four sizes, Romeo y Julieta returned to prestigious form with the Reserva Real Nicaragua that should be enjoyed by all. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. Oh, hey. Being a dad's not easy. Gotta enjoy the little things. Ever hear of a sippy cup? Yeah, that's not apple juice. That's Sunal, Bonner Private Wines. You know, our friends over at Bonner Private Wines have a really, really great deal for KMA listeners right now. All you have to do is go to kmawines.com, check it out, and we will give you a discount on shipping and a discount on the three-bottle package. In that package is Sunal. It's a wine from 8,950 feet in the air. It's one of the hardest vineyards to get wine from. The vines are under stress, the wine is delicious, and it'll get you through days like these. When you have lots of things to do, and it feels like it will never end. So go to kmawines.com and uh, join the rest of us dads while we get our kids prepared for the day, I just need that little extra kick. It's a Saturday. It's it's okay if we do day drinking. We're dads. We enjoy it. We're allowed to have some fun. Here you go, buddy. You have yours. I have mine. Cheers. KMA Wines. Well, that's for daddy. KMAWines.com. Check it out. Hello? Coop, shame on you first. Can you hear us? I can hear. Can you guys hear me? Oh, yeah. What happened? Did you lose connection after the video? I can hear you. I can't see anything. No, we can see everything. It's your connection. Yeah. But, uh, Coop, shame on you. That commercial is about yeah, old as dirt. It's oh, yeah, that's old. old. That's older. Old, it, it was like, old, I'm going to play dirt. an old, old one, and maybe they'll forget yeah. that it's a rerun. So, <laughs> so old, it's new. So here's my thing. God, how can I rip on Paul when he's not on the air? Yeah. Because you get to a point where you just realize. I'm here. That, I'm here. You just get to a point where you just realize the utter patheticness of something. 
and you just realize that no shame nor money nor anything will change it so i'm gonna do something here okay oh jesus yeah because you suck paul let's just get to it you can't even make one new commercial a month we bought you a 300 dollars microphone set which i want back because you ain't using it it's worthless in your hands i, I have an idea phone. i feel like your idea is probably the same as my idea i got an idea i'm gonna make this fun because i like to have fun and paul's a non-fun guy yeah so this is this is what i'm gonna do in fact i prefer you just stay off the rest of the show for lucky <laughs> so this is what i'm gonna do Anybody who's watching KMA, watches watching the show now, watches it later, I don't care. All right? And I'm going to make this retroactive. That's the kind of guy I am. Submit us your best Bonner Wine ad. And if we use it on the air, we will send you a $100 gift card to smoke in. How's that? All right? Make us the best Bonner Wine. I'm gonna, we got to make some kind of graphic and post this on Facebook. Yeah, we'll Monday. Do it. But make us the best bottle wine ad commercial. And if we use it on the air, we will send you a hundred dollar gift card. And I'm gonna make I'm gonna deduct that out of Paul's salary. <laughs> <laughs> now let's see what happens. That's that's the new that's the new shtick there. I hope we get some entries. I'm gonna send Kevin Sheehan a retroactive hundred dollar gift card because we used his commercial on the air. And for giving and for giving me the idea. But that's how we're gonna move forward with the Bonner Wine ads. Mm-hmm. Now, since Paul's not here, can you play the Avo intro? Yeah, um, let me uh, find it. Have... I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you a minute to find it. So, Ram, we have this uh, segment that Avo Cigars sponsored. It's called "As the Record Spins," and basically, our good friend Eddie Guerra likes to pose our guest a very special question uh, every week um, to answer on the show for all our fans. So, uh, let's uh, let's hit it. Here's, I don't know if you heard the promo, Paul. There he goes again. Just stay off. He came back just to play the intro. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Um, Ram, here's this is actually a good question. Is this one of Eddie's or did you make this up? Uh, this is a form of one of Eddie's. Yeah, this is actually a good I've question. Been, I've been altering them, but because but it, it was his idea. I've been asked this question. It's, it's really a good question and it's difficult. If you had to lose any one of your primary senses, which would you give up and why? Oof. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm sorry. My English is not bueno, but a so, touching so sensation, is that, that, does that one count? You, you, got, you got sight, hearing. Uh, feeling, touch, touch, and smell. And okay, taste. Fe- I said taste. taste. I didn't say taste. Okay, yeah. feelings. No, you won't take it back. That means you can't have sex. Take it back. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah, take it back. That's a wrong- <laughs> but, believe me, I thought about this one. Yes. Yeah. You, yeah no I'm, one's I'm, giving up touching. No, you, no touching. Yeah. No touching, please. Probably hearing. I don't know. Wow. So why would you pick hearing over 
everything else, do you think? Well, you think first, just get by? you know, I, I'm, I'm in the cigar industry, so uh, anything related to, you know, a, tasting a cigar uh, is out of the question, you know, because sure. uh, I will starve to death. Um, so, you know, that's not there. Touching, like we already talked about that, like there's no way I'm going <laughs> to lose feeling. And yeah, I mean, you can survive without listening. You might be even happier without listening sometimes, you know? <laughs> depends, who, depends who you're married to. Ex well, that's truth. That's truth. Yeah, I'll be happy. <laughs> for some people, that's a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure for Stephanie, she wishes she could be deaf. She likes music too much. So I, I, I don't know. I just got to acknowledge Bo Zaricki's comment. You know, Paul, you're ex not you're not eligible for the contest. I, I didn't hear the contest. I'll get filled in later. Yeah, you're not eligible. You're funding okay. it, but you're not eligible. <laughs> Sounds about right. What are you giving away my pay? Pretty, pretty yes. much. Yeah. Pretty much. Great. Pretty much. Anybody who submits a, 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 I'm making it retroactive, so Kevin Shane's going to get one. Anyone who submits a, K, a, a Bonner wine ad that we use on the air will get a $100 smoking <sighs> gift card, courtesy of Paul DeGracco. Wow. All right. Very nice of you, Paul. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so if you had to lose a sense, what would it be, Paul? Wow, that's hard. Smell, sight, hearing. I, I definitely couldn't be hearing. It couldn't be touch. I mean, it sounds crazy because I love food and I love cigars and I, I love taste, but I feel like that's the only one I could like live without is, to, and even then it would be so difficult, like such a, a horrible thing, but I couldn't imagine not seeing, I can't imagine not hearing. I mean, there's times in my life when I'm like, oh God, I wish I could turn it off, but music and I, I just, there's, I, I would have to say taste just because i can't pick another one and i think i could live without it and i'd probably be thin Tavella, uh a smell i gotta go with smell. i feel like it's the least of intrusiveness to my life you know uh, what am i losing farts and retrohales yeah <laughs> you, know, you know i mean i listen. mean i feel like i can most live without smell Alex is the most logical answer, but even if you tied in taste and smell as one category, as I could one. still give I could still give those up. Because I've tasted everything at this point in my life. And like you said, not tasting food. Yeah, maybe I'll lose to my advantage. Yeah, yeah. work to my advantage. Everything yeah. else then I, it's I have just a very, fuel. Then it's yeah, just then it's just fuel, fuel right? Just and then you get by. Right. I mean, imagine or just imagine like every everything you ever ate just tasted the same, like chicken. Right? Right. <laughs> you know, you just wouldn't care. So um, and you know, I've had this experience with COVID, where I lost taste. Oh, that's true. I didn't think yeah. of that. Yeah. I, I was gonna say that because I had COVID and I lost the, my sense of a smell. Yeah, and it was not fun. Like you know, having it's food very strange without the scent. I, yeah. I I didn't lose my taste, but I lost my smell, which at the end, you know, is the most important part of it. Hey, and I I, 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 I promise you, Ram. Wear some wear some sound deafening headphones for two or three days. I bet you you prefer to give up your your smell than your hearing. Yeah, uh, I remember. Yeah, because I feel like and it you was feel salty. very lonely. Yeah, yeah, that's truth. That's truth. 
but it was so depressing just eating uh, even even fruit like grapes i was eating grapes and i was like who put salt on this you know like yeah. it's just so weird <laughs> if you look at life i think a lot there's a lot more bad odors than there are really good pleasant odors or that right. you, i don't know though so much of right. my memory is tied to smell i yeah i, 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 I understand too. but here's the thing you have to actively go out of your way most of the time to smell something nice, right? Go get roses, spray some perfume, you know, some body lotion or whatever. But you're exposed to bad smells without any action all the time. Yeah, whether you walk by a dumpster, whether you walk down an alley in a big city, whether you're behind a... Drive uh, on the turnpike. Right, uh, by the dump. <laughs> I mean, it's just... I can totally give up smell and taste. That, that, that That's... Huh. That's the uh, the one I. You think it would be easy though? See, I don't think it would be an easy give up. I think it'd be the easiest give up out of all those. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, nothing, nothing's an easy give up. But I think I'd be an easy give up at all. Does any? Has anybody watched the series uh, C? No. It's with um, oh gosh, his name is the Aquaman dude, the big dude. Uh yeah. I know who he is. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big guy. Oh, oh the my big god! Guy. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't remember his name. I can't believe I'm dying. Someone type it up I'm already. Googling it. Oh my gosh! I am. My computer's very slow because I'm on from cellular. the Game of Thrones. Jason I can't. Mom- yeah, Jason, Jason, yeah, Jason Momoa. Yeah, Jason so, Momoa. So, App Apple TV has it's one of their original series. It's actually pretty good. It's about a post apocalyptic Earth where everyone on Earth has lost their vision for like a century. You know, like hundred years. No one on Earth. It's gone backwards in, in many ways. A lot of them have developed other senses, you know, but they live they live their lives completely blind. And now there are some now people who are being born with sight, and it's like the big controversy. It's actually a pretty pretty interesting show. Season two, I think, yeah, is cool. on, on right now. It's a pretty good concept show. So that well, was the question because I took. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to thank no, Eddie Guerra and Abel Cigars. But go ahead, hit, hit your tangent. I took a I took ASL American Sign Language when I was in college as one of my language requirements, partially because one of my buddies was like, "Dude, you go into that class, it's like fifteen hot girls and you." He's like, "I was the only dude in there." I'm like, "Oh, that's cool," and I'd like to learn it. And we were I was exposed to a lot of the deaf community, which apparently on Long Island is is very prevalent. But and there there's many of them that are very anti cochlear implant that will give them hearing and many that are for it. So like when their child is born deaf, they like to give them a cochlear implant right away because if you get a, an implant later that will help you hear your brain never really like understands it properly. It's like right. the people that get a cornea implant implant after they haven't seen their whole lives, your brain doesn't know how to interpret it. So it's a, it's a weird experience to talk to people that got cochlear implants later in their lives because they, they keep it off. They take it off more often than they keep it on because they, they like that they can turn off the world. But imagine having the opposite happen to you, people that were hearing their whole lives and then they lose the, the sense of hearing, feels completely shuttered from the world at all times. So I can imagine that that would be one of the most difficult to give up. Well, I think I think hearing, seeing, I mean, any, any you know, any, if it happens any time after birth, it's way more devastating and, and tragic right. than 
being born with it because that's the only way you know. You don't know what yeah, you're you even. Don't know. You don't even know what you're missing. You know, because well, the human body is resilient; it finds a way to survive and and cope with whatever you got going on most of the time. But well, I, when, I'll tell you, if the uh, if the question was what what can I turn off and, and shut on, it would definitely and shut off. It would definitely be hearing. Absolutely, right? oh, yeah. absolutely, that'd be a great doubt. ability. <laughs> yeah. That's why I love whereby man. I can just mute people or kick them out of the room. Awesome. Yeah. Most Alan mostly Rubin. the other Alan Rubin. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ram. Let's let's start talking about some of your cigars other than the Buffalo Ten, which we've already talked about. Um, but we, you can tell us a little bit more about this cigar. But I want to start with with a very interesting line that I'm sure this is the one. If if people have heard of, if they haven't heard of your company, they probably have heard of the cigar, um, the Big Pappy line you have, um, and it's it's by David Ortiz. How, how did that whole brand happened yeah so uh everything started because we've been sponsoring his uh celebrity golf tournament for a while in the dominican republic in the dominican republic yes uh he makes uh the david ortiz celebrity classic um the last last year and this year uh, it will be in a marco island uh because of covid they, they decide to not to do it in the dominican republic and so uh, everything started there uh, it, for uh, all the events we always had a, a rolling table uh making some cigars right at the spot plus some other of our products uh, sitting around and everybody smoking uh david ortiz you know he was uh, in, in when everything started he was still active at, at the boston red sox uh he doesn't uh, he didn't use to smoke uh, like every single day but he enjoyed a cigar uh, every now and then uh in one of those events uh, he told me like hey i i, I want to have my my own cigars i was like let's do it you know uh let's uh, gather in the factory and start blending together uh i thought it was that those were gonna be like just like an empty comment then that he was not gonna be paying attention to but around a month after that, I got a call from his manager. Uh, David wants to see if you can have him in the, in the factory uh, next month uh, to blend the cigar. I was like, yeah, sure. So we came up with the blend, with the, the original uh, uh, Big Papi, the one with the red ribbon. And it, after that, we start shipping him probably like 100 or 200 cigars every one or two months uh when he announced that he was gonna retire uh, uh we throw him the pitch like hey you know like let's start selling this cigar and, and see what happens and i actually signed the contract with him uh the night before his last uh, spring training game and to be honest with you you know baseball here in this country is a huge thing but in the in the states it's even bigger you know and we have a lot of uh, baseball players, and uh, we admire all of them. Uh, but we, I didn't have any idea of how big uh, the name David Ortiz uh, was in, in the United States. And uh, he invited me to the to that last game. And when I saw that everybody was wearing a big puppy jersey and everybody with big signs uh, uh, saying that they're gonna miss him and, and all of that. 
is when I realized, like, wow, like he's huge, you know. Oh, he's uh, no—he's no lightweight. I mean, he's a seven-time, <laughs> you know, yeah. silver slugger, and I think he still holds the record for most home runs uh, in a season for the Boston Red Sox. Yep, yep. So, uh, and the charisma he has is just impresses, impresses as well, you know. Uh, after the marathon uh, bombing in, in, in Boston, uh, he gained the heart of, of everybody in, in, in New England and the United States. So, uh, the agreement that we had, because he was still active, uh, we were not able to sell the cigars. But we started, you know, making the boxes, uh, the bands, and everything. And that year, we introduced a cigar at, in IPCPR. But we were only taking pre-orders because we had to wait until Boston Red Sox were out of, uh, out of season. Uh, it happened in October. Uh, we did a small release party uh, in New York. And... After that, you know, uh, we started selling the product, and it really helped uh, uh, to put El Artista name out there. Uh, right now, uh, we don't only have uh, the original Big Papi, which is the one that is on the screen right now, uh, but also the Slugger. Uh, the Slugger is the, the second blend uh, that we create uh, with him as well. Uh, every, it started in uh, 60 by 7 ring gauge. Uh, for uh, this year, uh, during PCA, we also uh, introduced a new size, a Robusto size, a 50 by 5, uh, with the same blend. Wow. And we have done a lot of uh, fun stuff, uh, like limited edition humidors. Uh, we have done uh, some other like special editions uh, this year. Uh, last year, I'm sorry, uh, we hired a local artist that did a portrait of David Ortiz, and we replicate that uh, that portrait he did uh, on a humidor. And David actually uh, gave us a present that humidor to the new president and. That picture with David Ortiz, with the new president and the humidor, uh, was on, on, on the headlines uh, oh, wow. here in the Dominican Republic. So everybody was talking about it. Everybody was talking about the artists as well. That really made me happy because that was the uh, intention to expose that artist a little bit. And yeah, I mean, it's been great uh, working with him and, and all his team. So is he involved in, now that he's retired, is, is he involved in the culture and the lifestyle? Does he go? Does he do events? Is he out there at all? Does he come to a trade show, or does he take the back seat with the brand? So he has been at, at PCA, and we have done around 10 uh, in-person shows so far. And we are talking about some uh, uh, events uh, that, that will happen next year as well. Uh, unfortunately, uh, after the issue he had where he got shot, uh, he decided to lay low a little bit. Uh, but now he's getting back there, you know, and uh, so uh, I'm pretty sure uh, he's going to be out uh, again uh, soon. Well, hopefully, maybe we can get him uh, to the Great Smoke in 2022. The last, yes. I think that'd be great if we can get him out there. I think there are a lot. That's of, the make a lot. It'll make a lot of people happy. If we can get him out to the Great Smoke here in uh, Oh yeah, South Florida. And he's driving distance from from his house, which is even good better. Even better. Even yeah. better. 
So, all right. So, uh, tell us about some of your other lines. Um, one of the ones I'm interested in is the Polita because that's the one that you guys named after your grandfather who got in the business. Yes. So Polita was released five years ago. Uh, Polita 60th anniversary. Uh, we did it to commemorate the 60th anniversary of our company. Um, we decided to go uh, with this brand uh, with the name of, of my grandfather. Uh, I asked for the blessing to my grandmother that uh, was still with us in, in that time. And what I was looking for is to create something that resembles of uh, what my grandfather used to smoke uh, back in the 60s. Uh, I start checking some uh, uh, blending information uh, from his notes, and I realized that he used to use a lot of uh, tobacco called Negrito. Uh, Negrito uh, is a Dominican seed that was very popular uh, back in the in the 50s and 60s. Uh, when I asked my dad about it, he told me that it lost popularity over easier to grow tobaccos like Piloto, Olor, Curio 98, Corojo, and all the seeds that we are currently growing uh, on the island nowadays. Uh, and that that uh, that seed, uh, it was not out there anymore. Um, it was going to be a challenge uh, for us to, to bring it back. Uh, I talked with the guys from the Dominican Tobacco Institute, and they did have some seeds uh, and they gave, that they gave to us. And we started uh, trying them uh, to grow. It took us around uh, four years in order to uh, get a, a seed resistant enough uh, to, to grow it on, on commercial levels. And my, our goal was to use it as as wrapper on on the Pulita line. Uh, it took us a while, but we were able to achieve it. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's not a very easy tobacco to deal with. Uh, it, it does, it's not uh, resistant enough uh, to handle uh, the climate changes and uh, it, it problems in the in the in the farms. Uh, but uh, uh, we get enough for for the pulita to use it as wrapper. I use it, you also use it as binder in some of our products as well. Is it a medium or fuller bodied cigar? It's like it's more like a medium full body cigar. Okay, how about the Exactus? The Exactus was actually the first brand uh, that we introduced to the market when uh, we opened our warehouse in Miami. Uh, at first, it came with three different blends in five different sizes, uh, which it was probably one of the things that uh, was not a very good idea for a new guy uh, introducing a brand in a market mm -hmm. that that he didn't understood. Uh, it's a very good cigar. Uh, the Maduro has a wine fermented wrapper from from here, from the Dominican Republic. Uh, really. Now, Yes. So, so when, when it's wine fermented, do you just put it in the barrels that the wine was made in? No. So instead of using water in some of the fermentation stages, really, we use, we use wine. So uh, when, when you add the moisture while the tobacco is on the big polones, you're using wine instead. Yes. So what that does is that it adds a lot of sugar to the tobacco and it heats up like crazy. So you really need to know what you're doing. And uh, there's a a significant percentage of the tobacco that will get damaged because it will overburn. Really? Uh, but you end up with a very oily tobacco 
with a very beautiful dark color and with quite some interesting characteristics on it as well. So, so I'm just curious when you when you use the wine, is and you don't have to tell us which one, but do you use Bonner a certain? Wine. Do you? Yeah, is it Bonner? No, <laughs> that would be a great. That would be a great commercial. That could get you a hundred dollar gift card and smoke in. Um, yeah. Is it is it the same wine every time? Does yes. it have to be? Do you use the same select wine every time? Is the same wine every time? Wow, interesting. So, so if if that wine goes short, you're not making cigars for a while. Probably, probably. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to know because I imagine that if you cool. use different, I didn't know that. I imagine if you use a different wine, it would affect how the tobacco cured. Right. Uh, it's yes, Fermented. absolutely yes. Uh, it is all a matter of sugar content more than anything else. Uh, when you smell the tobacco that uh, that has been gone through a one fermentation process. Uh, after you know is is uh, well fermented, you 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 don't feel like a lot of uh, significant notes of that wine. Uh, the reaction it has on the tobacco is more uh, on the color uh, of it. So I'm pretty sure if if you use like a Porto wine, for example, that has a extremely amount of sugar, the tobacco will be completely di different of of what we're getting right now. That, so be honest now. Have you ever caught any of the employees just you know, you know, you know, taking taking a little wine break while they're on the job? Well, that's quality control if you think about it. You know, you need you need to make sure the wine has the right characteristics. Did you ever, did you ever did you ever walk by and the guys working on the polones just looked a little too happy today? Yeah. <laughs> Does, is that something that is done? Because I've never heard that before. Is that is that something that is? Proprietary to you? Is it something that they've done and other people have done? I'm pretty sure a lot of people do it. Uh, at the end, uh, they do it mainly on the filler because uh, if you don't know what you're doing, the tobacco is really going to get stained uh, with different spots of colors. So, right. yeah. So, uh, but at the end, the famous betun that a lot of factories use, most of them are wine based betuns. So it's very common to use wine for fermenting okay. tobacco. What's a betun? Betun is usually a blend that a, a cigar factory makes that adds a lot of aromas uh, uh, to the cigar. So wine is usually the main ingredient. They usually put like cloves or pineapple or, or some spices or fruits. And when you have a cigar and... and uh, you do a cold draw on it, and you feel a lot of like very input, uh, uh, strong uh, smells and, and aromas that are not natural for the tobacco. Most likely, mm -hmm. uh, it has some betun on it. See, learn something new every day. I've been in the industry forever. I've never heard that term. Really? That what? that's impressive, actually, because there are some very big names uh, out there that are famous. Because of their secret betun formula. Interesting. Well, there you go. Learn something new every day. And to answer Jeff Walsh's question, all the cigars that we've talked about from El Artista will be available uh, online by the time we get our warehouse open. But the Buffalo 10 is available now, which is the last one that we didn't talk about. Tell us about this cigar and how you ended up making a cigar like this and then decided to make it a $5 cigar? Because I know some people are just aren't going to believe the quality of a cigar that can be sold at $5. Uh, 
Well, so Buffalo 10 uh, is a product that uh, we decided to create uh, mainly uh, as a, well, as the gateway drug, as you said. Uh, there you as go. A, as a door opener uh, for the humidors uh, out there. Uh, we started with the Maduro uh, version uh, where uh, we have San Andres wrapper and, uh, and Negrito binder. And we had this outstanding cigar and we were really aiming to, to a, a particular price point. Uh, we decided to keep it very simple on the band and on the presentation uh, in order for us to be able to afford uh, the price point we, we are looking for on, on, on this line. Uh, it, from the beginning, it was extremely popular. Uh, yeah, you see only one color on impression, everything uh, very nice and simple. And even the, 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 the blend per se, per se is a very simple blend uh a lot of floral and and sweet notes on it uh with some good intensity uh, mainly in, in in the maduro one uh and yeah uh, uh, it, from the beginning uh, it, it was very successful uh on the on the first uh, pca when we released it uh, during the show we actually saw uh, what we forecast uh, for the first, like from July to de to December, we saw that in a month. So it started very, very strong. Uh, then we decided to release the natural version, uh, which ha has a banner wrapper from Ecuador, from our far farms in Ecuador. Um, always aiming to keep the same floral and sweet notes as the original Maduro version. And then this year we released the Connecticut with Connecticut wrapper from our farms in Ecuador as well. Uh, for me, that was uh, the biggest challenge out of the three because, uh, again, we wanted to keep the same notes, the same sweet and floral. Uh, everybody knows Connecticut tends to be more on the bitter side, more than on the sweet side. That's why, that's why I don't particularly like Connecticut. Man, this is Even not at all. I mean, it's really not bitter one bit. Which is impressive. That, that's what you're smoking, Alex. Connecticut, yeah. When, yeah, I, I. That's so true, though. We've talked about that. That I always find Connecticut cigars a little too bitter for my taste. Yeah. Even, even when you just put it on your palate before yeah. you light it, the leaf is just bitter naturally sometimes. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So we were able to achieve a similar notes on this one. With the binder uh the little secret on the buffalo 10 connecticut is that it has cameroon authentic cameroon uh, from africa uh, as binder uh that really huh. uh, balances out the and hides a little bit of that bitterness obviously it's a connecticut cigar and you want a uh, son of that a uh, unique characteristics of the connecticut wrapper on it uh so it just maridate perfectly the cameroon uh, and the connecticut inside this blend Interesting. Good stuff. Well, Ram, we're excited to see what more lays ahead for you and your company. Um, is there anything you got going on that you want to share with any of our listeners? So, well, we, you know, uh, since I'm not traveling that much, uh, that has given me time to uh, play around uh, with some uh, untraditional fermentation processes and to create some awesome blends that we actually have there in the lineup uh, waiting to be released. 
So uh, new things will be coming soon. Uh, we are actually uh, working with a very special tobacco now that is called Vitrinche. Uh, and soon we're gonna have a, a product uh, with that tobacco in the market. Uh, the Vitrinche is just a crazy, crazy tobacco to work with. Uh, it's very thick and oily. Uh, it, it can only be used for, for filler and just a little bit. Uh, just because of how intense it is. And uh, since the pandemic started, uh, I've been playing around with trying to ferment uh, that tobacco in not a traditional way. And we have got some very crazy results out of it. And soon uh, we're gonna have it in the market, uh, hopefully by next year. All right, looking forward to it. Um, well, it's that time that we all look forward to, uh, our man, with the uh, updates on what's going on in the cigar industry every week, it's time for the scoop with Coop. Hey, yo, what's my theme music? The scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. Coop. Good morning, guys. Good morning, morning. Coopster. Hey, good morning, Ram. How you doing? How's it going, brother? Good, good, my friend. Abe, I got to agree with you on that Buffalo 10 as well. Um, I know when we had those coming back from the trade show and we went back to our house that we rented, we were we were blown away by those cigars um, for the price point. I can't – I'm telling you, I don't think yeah. there's a better $5 cigar. I don't think there's a better 6 maybe even you know $7 cigar out there. This is a ridiculously great cigar for $5. I'm shocked. This is why, I, listen, I, I see the horse in the race. I'm putting money on this horse. I like this brand. I like the cigar. Packaging yep. is clean. Cigar tastes great. Construction's been stellar. I've been smoking it all the whole show. This is going to be a grand slam. I, I uh, agree. I agree. I really, I mean, the Connecticut that they just came out with is my favorite of the three, actually, too. It's fantastic. So, before we get to the news, uh, Coop is actually right on the Rocky statue. So what, what what's what's the scoop with the Rocky statue? Why do they keep moving it? So well, they moved happened, it from the art museum. Go ahead, Coop. Okay, I'm sorry, Alex. Yeah, so they, they did it, obviously, on the art museum for Rocky Three, And then there were a bunch of people that said, well, this is not really art. It doesn't belong at the museum. So they moved it down to the, uh, the old Philadelphia Spectrum for a while. Um, and it stayed at the Spectrum except for a brief time when they brought it back to film Rocky Five. Then they put it back at the Spectrum. And then finally in 2006, I think that was around the time the Spectrum got torn down. Closed, yeah. Yeah, they, they said, okay, let's put it back at the art museum. Time had passed, and I guess people weren't thought about it differently at this point. And then the other thing is there's been several of this. I think they've replaced the statue a couple of times. So I, I don't think it's the original one that's there. So they've never actually meant to have it there where it was in the movie. Right. I wonder how many people go to visit Philadelphia and get disappointed. That it's not at the top of the steps. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, oh, that's I, the other I, thing. They moved to the bottom of the steps. Yeah, that's right. the other key thing. Yeah, that's, yeah, right. I, I, I that's exactly what I. If I was in Philly, that's exactly where I'm going to go and look. Yeah, look the only time I ever saw it was there. I, I never saw it move. But did you know that Sly commissioned it himself? Yeah, he did. Uh, it was for the movie. It was for the movie, though. Yeah, like yeah. he had no idea that this was going to become a landmark after, right. after the Rocky Three. So and it and it and it did. I mean, but for a while it was down at the spectrum, and, and you know what? 
I didn't. No one really complained that it was down at the spectrum. I think it was. A, it had a good home at that point. But like I said, once they kind of tore the spectrum down, you know, then I, I don't think it would really fit outside the new arena. It just wouldn't fit outside that mantra. So they put it back at the art museum. Great venue, by the way, Spectrum. Oh, I mean, it, it, it was. I mean, the new arena is much more bells and whistles, but that Spectrum was so intimate. It was just too small, and it right. did have luxury boxes, but what an arena that was. I agree. A lot of hockey. I watched a lot of hockey at the Spectrum. Oh, there's yeah. nothing like watching Flyers hockey there, yeah. All right, Coop. What's All the right. scoop? Yep, light week in news, but I'll give you kind of uh, some of the headlines that came up. So we talked last week about that $96 billion tobacco tax increase proposal that's going around the House of Representatives right now. And um, the update on that is it has cleared the uh, House Ways and Means Committee, which introduced this. So now it goes up to a a budget committee, and then it's going to go kind of make its way eventually for a floor vote if it stays in there. But – the language wasn't changed by the Ways and Means Com- Committee, so it's still as is right now. Um, you know, I, I just got one comment on this. I, I, we, you know, we have to do a better job of grassroots in the cigar industry with getting people to like, sign these petitions and alert Congress people because I just see people been, put them out. They put them out on social media. Decades. Yeah, yeah. They just put them out on social media, and people think they're done. Like, I really think what you got to do is you actually got to go to someone you know and say, "Hey, sign this thing." Um, and if everyone did it, then if everyone got one person to do it, you'd be surprised because our numbers stink every time we do these things. We don't have enough of these numbers. And can I make a comment? Absolutely. I just feel like this is where the CRA fails on the consumer level. They, they fit. I agree. This is look. I'm a CRA ambassador. This is part of my job, and you know it's important that do that too i'm not saying do i do it all the time i need to be better at it i'm going to be honest with you um and the other thing is the cre needs to keep the partisan politics out of these emails if you're trying to get i mean look i understand the partisan issues when it comes to the scar industry don't get me wrong but you need to keep the partisan politics out of here right now if you when you send these emails you can't go pointing fingers in the emails and that's what they did this week and i think it was a miss by that as well by this time a network like a well-oiled machine should have been in place. CRA now has got to be going on, what, 15-plus years? Yeah. I mean, by this time, any organization, everything should be the push of a button by now. And it's not. I mean, whether it's CRA or IPCPR, what was, you know, supposed to be leading this, you know? Yeah. It should be, okay, this is what we're going to do. You call this district, you call this district, you get this guy. It should just be like a well-oiled machine. No, and it's not. You're 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 100% right, Abe. I mean, I would we haven't made any progress in this area of if anything maybe we've lost a step with it right now. Um you're you're 100% right. I can't argue with that. We we lost a step mostly because we, look, it, it, it's twofold, right? One is anytime there's a little win, like we got like a little win with the warning labels, Everybody's like, oh, okay, great. It's tr- no, it's nothing, nothing, nothing's changed. Yeah, you know. And the other, the other thing is, is that the problem is that so many times a lot of these bills are used also as leverage, right? They'll put something insane there because they want something else, and then before it goes, it change. And then you know, catastrophes averted, and then people just think, oh, it's it's another. You know, I mean, I remember when S chip 
was coming out. You know, they had everybody, oh, it's going to be $10 a stick and da 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 and all this stuff. It ended up being a 40 cent tax, which was still astronomical compared to the five cents it was, right. four and a half cents it was, but not, not devastating to the industry. You know, I, I think the, the education, the, the fact that people have to understand that every little thing is eventually becomes a big thing and they have to treat everything like a big thing regardless. And there's just, there's just not enough education or motivation or incentive or structure in place. And every time something like this happens, it's such a, with the amount of people who actually really enjoy premium cigars out there, it's sad the turnout yep. that happens. It, it is. It, it definitely, it definitely is. And we've seen it, like I said, the, you know, these numbers over and over again, we talked about the GoFundMe thing and there's still, you know, that GoFundMe thing that they want to raise $60,000 in 60 days. They're still well away from that number. They're not going to hit that number at this point. I mean, so, you know, even something like that, they can't get anything going with. Primarily because people don't believe. Yeah. If you don't yeah. believe it's hard to support something, you know, uh, put, true. put a sick kid up there. You'll raise $60,000 in a couple of weeks. Which you should, which that's, uh, you don't want a sick kid up there, obviously, but no, but that's, I mean, that's story, what, that's, that's you know, obviously what you sh should hit at first. Yes. You know, yeah. I mean, a story more, yeah, or a, couple yeah. of, I mean, a family yeah. whose house burned down, you know, yeah, yeah. Pe pe people are very giving, very compelling. I mean, you know, I seldom ever get involved in it, but one of my dearest friends, like he's a brother to me, his son's fighting stage four, stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I, I just felt compelled to share the post. And like, just from the moment I shared it till now, it's maybe been a week, a little over a week that, that, that fundraiser got almost $10,000, just guys donating 25 yeah. and 50 bucks. And there were some big ones in there too. But I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's because they don't believe, you know, that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, because we've seen the cigar industry when it comes to helping people out time and time again come through. So it's not the industry, you know, it's not the people in the industry because we know that happens. I think you, I think you've nailed it, Abe, on that. And the NRA does have it down. That that when the whole creation of the CRA started, it was named CRA because it sounded like NRA, and it was supposed to it was supposed to model what the NRA accomplished. And of course, it's fallen very short of that. Yeah, it has. It has a they uh I agree. I mean, because yeah, we won't go down that road. Nope. What yeah. else you got, Coop? Um, some news out of Ferio Tego uh rounds out the week. So um Ferio Tego has brought back a brand called Ancora, which maybe one uh it came from that. the Nat Sherman portfolio. Yeah, came from the Nat Sherman portfolio. That was the accessories line that Nat Sherman sold. So um what's most popular in that line are those grid ashtrays. So they have kind of the checkerboard grid where your ash can dump into the uh, the base of the ashtray, but the ashes won't be on the top of the ashtray. It's kind of a cool design. Yeah. And they have some executive humidors as well, which actually are very good humidors. So um, they have now begun to relaunch that line on the Ferry Otago. So accessories? Accessories. Humidor and ashtray. Humidor I, and ashtray. They, 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 they would not term an accessory. That ashtray is cool. Yeah. yeah. I like that. That ashtray is great. That ashtray is great. They have nice wood finishes on it. But uh, yeah, Nat Sherman it was known for that. Those those things they sold them up in the stores in New York a lot too. Hmm. Yep. All right. Well, good for Mike. Yep. And then we got one other story from Ferio Tago this week. Um, and because it was a light week in news, um, they're working with a company called Humidifif Humidifif Group, uh, USA, and they're implementing uh 
another version of this smart packaging technology. So we're starting to see these, uh, these basically these NFC chips that were getting embedded. Uh, we saw Placencia do it with cigar bands. Now um, with the Ferrio Tago products, they're going to have an N NFC chip embedded into the box. So again, you can kind of put your phone up against the box and then it's going to give you um, information on the cigar. Um, it's interesting. I think these things are cool. But to me, Abe, I don't know what you think. Wouldn't I would never use it. Wouldn't you, I would never you, use it. I would never. Wouldn't you rather have it as shelf talkers yeah. in the store? Nope. You nope. wouldn't even want it as shelf talkers. In the store. I don't like shelf talkers. Okay, but at least I, someone could go in a store and look at it and find out information. I'd rather talk to the guy working there. Right. Because one, I know I'm going to get an unbiased opinion. You know, I mean, there, there's, 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 you know, it, it, look. We're, we're dudes, we're men, we like cool gadgets and gadgets and right. neat things at the end of the day, but what is that chip going to tell you that you can't just Google and find out online in about five seconds? I, that's what I was trying to figure out, and it's going to drive the cost of the packaging up, obviously. I, for what? I mean, yeah. I, I don't oh. get it. It's just one of those things that, oh, let me do something cool and different, but what practicality yeah. does it really have? I will never scan it. I'm never going to pull out my phone and scan a cigar. Uh -huh. If I want to know a cigar, I'm going to Google it. And or I'm going to talk to a guy who's behind the counter, yeah. you know. When I go into some place, I'm unknowledgeable with the product. I'm buying TV. I try to assess if a guy, guy can find somebody who's going to tell me the honest truth about what's the difference in these TVs and try to give me an honest opinion. Because right. I'm going to ask a manufacturer, he's going to tell me all the good stuff about his stuff. Mm -hmm. You right. know, so right. I, that's just never the natural tendency of me as a human being to go in there and, and start scanning this to get the awesome tale from the company that's making it you know i mean whether it's cigars or any other product you know if i google if i google you know vizio uh, you know at best buy and i, I or i scan something video i'm gonna get this awesome documentary from vizio on how awesome their tv is and better than everybody else's what are they gonna tell me yeah yeah even with uh with shelf talkers i, th I feel like the only line where shelf talkers really work is uh perdomo and it's not even because of the information on there it's because it's part of the really packaging. well done right. packaging yeah Shelf talkers have eventually become broom sweepers. They get swept up on the floor. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about the shelf talker saying I got this 95 rating nine years ago. Right, right, right. I think it's, um, I think it's like Alex said, the, the, the Perdomo one's really a great example of one. It's got information on the cigar. It's kind of like you can look at a glance and you can say, all right, I, I can at least learn something about this cigar with a glance. I, I haven't thought anything. Yeah. I've had this conversation before, before Perdomo could teach a master class on ma ma merchandising. Oh. Yeah, I I had chance, I've been through his merchandising uh, presentation and it's unbelievable. I I mean, if you go on the factory tour, they do it at the end of it, and it's fantastic. Masterclass. I agree. They are, they totally are by agree. far they they are by far are leaps and bounds ahead of oh, any absolutely. other company I've seen as yeah. far as merchandising, displaying, continuity of packaging, design. I mean, yeah. their stuff on the shelf just looks awesome. Yeah. Oh, it, and he's and, and he's meticulous about it. That's his that's his baby. You know, Nick has talked to us about it. I mean, he they, he invested a lot of money in merchandising to to figure this out. It's hard. I, I could see Ram's wheels turning here. It's hard to take something that has maybe fifteen different looks, right? Fifteen lines, fifteen twenty different looks. Put them all together on a shelf, but instantly when you see that section, you recognize it all as one company. That's hard. That's very hard to do. Very but hard, you, yeah. 
you look at a Perdomo setup, you got a gold box here, you got a, a black box here, you got, but it instantaneously, you know, that whole, all of it is Perdomo. I've seen two companies, different brands next to each other on a shelf, and you wouldn't even know the same company made them. Right. You know, and they don't realize the power of that on a shelf, you know, real estate. You know, but uh, yeah, he, Perdomo, in my opinion, could teach a master class in merchandising. By far, by far amazing. Is that all you got for us, Coop? That's that's what we got this week. All right. If people want to see what's going on, anything, what you got coming up this week on uh, cigar-coop.com? Uh, we're in a, into a heavy review cycle right now. Drew Estate Bauhaus, which is a uh, Liga Provada that went to Europe, is going to be reviewed on uh, the primetime show this Thursday. We have on uh, the father-son team of Luis and Alec Cuevas of Casa Cuevas Cigars. Interesting. All right, good stuff. Well, I think this might be the segment everybody has been waiting for today. Very, I got a lot of PMs, a lot of messages and comments. I think it's going to be the most controversial season of Tale of Tape. This is Absolutely. season three. Best Mafia movies. Let's run it. All right, Coop, here we go. Tale of the Tape, Season 3, Top Mafia Movies. Um, a lot of pressure here, but I'm very confident in my list. Coming in at number 10 for me is Bugsy, 1991 film starring Warren Beatty and Annette Bening. It uh, it tells the story of Benjamin Siegel, longtime uh, associate of Lucky Luciano, Meyer Lansky, and, and, and the, the architect, pretty much, of Vegas. Um, it's a very Hollywood film. It's a very cinematic, very stylized film. Um, kind of comes before the um, the grittier mob type films coming out of the seventies and eighties, but um, really does a good job telling the story and a classic movie. Also, a Warren Beatty pet project. He didn't just star in it. Go ahead, Coop. Nice pick, Alex. Um, so I'm going back to 1978, and I don't know if folks remember this movie. It's called Fist. I-S-T, and that's an acronym for um, Federation of Interstate Truckers. Uh, this is a Sylvester Stallone movie uh, where he plays a, um, a warehouse worker who kind of rises to the ranks of uh, union leadership uh, for a truckers union. It's very much a play on the whole Jimmy Hoffa and the Teamsters. Right. Um, so it's kind of the rise and fall of this union leader and kind of the interactions he has with the mafia. I think it was a fantastic movie by Stallone, by the way. Um, people, I think it was one of a really good acting performance by him in this movie, um, for sure. I mean, you kind of kind of put the Rocky character aside with this character, right. Johnny right. Kovac. He was great. Well, you got Steve how is it possible? Huh? How is it possible? Coop picked a movie that I don't know. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I mean, listen, if anybody's going to pick obscure movies you may not have heard of with all the great, it's going to be Coop. I knew yeah. this is not an obscure movie. This movie went. It was a, it was the first movie he did after Rocky. It got a lot of 
play in the in 1978. It's just it's 42 years old. I get it. It's going to be the one that people will know the least. I don't know. I got two old. Yeah, ones. I, I've never. I'm gonna never teaser. I got two old ones on there. I'm sure Coop has at least another old one. I got I got older ones than this one. But I right. guarantee you, Alex, are, are in the top five, we have older ones than this. I like Chris Daniels' comment. So you guys have to explain why at the end of the season, why Goodfellas and Godfather didn't crack your top ten. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so scared. Been, uh, yeah, so scared. I'm still taking hits about Hulk Hogan not making the list. So. You may never, you may never live that down. That could be I may your, never live it down from those guys. It, it may, might be what you become known for over your career. Yeah. How did Hulk Hogan not crack your top ten? <laughs> well, that was an interesting start. I, I yeah. you know, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, how how this season uh, you know god i mean i this this would be a, this would be the tough one for me personally i mean uh, this one would be i mean i think some of the other ones i could have gotten to make my picks easier there's just so many good ones it's it'd really be hard to pick the top 10 yeah it's i, I am so curious this, yeah it, it gets tough when you get down to like two three one two three four but i'm i'm confident in my list now I'll you take have some. your whole list already, Alex? Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. I'm sure I'll take some hits, but I'm I'm prepared. I'm prepared. Oh, no. So, Cooper, you're not coming down next weekend, are you? I am not coming down next weekend. What, yeah. What's next weekend? It's the Cigar Snobs 15th, 15th anniversary oh, yeah. party. Yeah, um, I'm not, but I am planning on coming to Florida. So, um, very when? soon. When? Probably, probably late October. So, oh, uh, she yeah, came to October a bust. Yeah, it's, it, it. I actually have I have stuff going on outside cigars that's distracting me right now that I have to attend to. That's why I can't make it down to the cigar snob thing. Actually, before you finish your show, keep him busy for a couple seconds, Alex. I can do that. So, so all right, I'll ask you something, Alex. Go ahead. Um, what do you think? We got one more week of this thing to try to win the division uh, with the Phillies. Oh. <sighs> It's 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 so gut wrenching Philadelphia fan because it can happen or or we can just completely blow it. It, 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 it like we saw in August we got yeah. hot and lost four straight immediately you know so it's it's typical <laughs> yeah. gut wrenching you know Philly fan sports fan and um, then there's Abe yeah but I'll tell you we finished the season with the Marlins so we're screwed. Is all right. I'm say. Because I can see we play the right. Braves and the Marlins. I can see it's like, all right, we beat the Braves two out of three, and they get swept by the Marlins. Right. That's right. exactly what I can see happening. Yeah. Right. So I had to show off our new socialite smoking socialite robe that are now available. It's available only to smoke oh, in nice. socialites. So if you dig this robe, this is actually a very plush. That's nice. Nice robe. That one looks. That one looks good. It fits you, right? Yeah. Hey, good job. It, it gets in me. I mean, I mean, look. I mean, I, I probably like it a little bit bigger. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm a big dude, and this is like a little bit bigger for me personally. I can hide my entire self. I can hide my entire self in that robe. That's that's the bigger one. That's the bigger one. It it gets around. Yeah, it gets around. Yeah, it gets around. That looks Um, cozy. It's super cozy. Let me tell you something. Only available to smoke in socialites. You got to be a socialite. So if you're watching this show and you're not, you don't belong to our Facebook group, it's a lot of cool stuff and a lot of fun we have there. In fact, we have a lip sync contest going on. Did you see Quentin Thor's lip sync? He didn't even know the words to the song. I didn't, but it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> he, had, he had to be half in the bag when he recorded it. 
But either way, uh, if you sounds like a guy who owes you a dollar for the last uh, two years, not not a dollar, twenty. Oh, twenty signed up. Twenty. Yes, it's what a dope. Well, I think he doubled down once or twice. I think it built up to twenty. But um, yes, uh, you know whether you like the robe or want the robe or not, check out our smoking uh, socialite Facebook page. It's a lot of fun. Uh, great group of people. Um, it's a great place to be. And then you get cool stuff. We get chances of cool stuff like this. So that is nice. Be one of the nice. cool kids. All right. Well, we're off for next week. Ram, thank you so much for joining us uh, this week. It was great to have you on for the first time, and I'm looking forward to having you on yeah. again and again and see what you're up to. Keep checking into you and yeah. see when that uh, Buffalo Ten becomes your. Uh, you, you get your big mansions from all the Buffalo Ten you saw. Because... Uh, uh, I'll open a Buffalo farm in the Dominican yeah. Republic. When the now, that would be cool. Go. That would yeah. be cool. Yeah. Cool. Thank you very much, guys. I'm uh, very happy to be here with you. And thank you. Thank you for everything. Uh, to everybody, uh, we are on social media at El Artista Cigars. And thank you, everybody, for smoking El Artista. You know what we didn't talk about, I'm going to mention it really quick, is I was I didn't actually know about this until the trade show, but uh, Syndicato, who makes Particulares, Casabella, one of our best-selling bundles, um, Affinity, which is a good connect scar. Uh, Syndicato, the, the, their flagship name brand, which was always been uh, a cigar I enjoyed. In fact, the Maduro version was rated, I think, number two or three, I think, or maybe number one, a cigar journal, a European cigar journal magazine. There's a new Syndicato coming out made by you in your factory, El Artista. I saw yes. the packaging yeah. at Trade Show. Yeah. Very, very good-looking product. I, I didn't get a chance to try one at the show. But uh, they haven't landed yet. But I, I, I'm I'm happy to see you involved with that company, uh, and uh, can't wait to try that product, the new Syndicato by El Artista. Yeah, I'm very excited about that project. Uh, it's gonna be called uh, Artista uh, Syndicato Artista by El Artista, and yes, uh, I'm I'm very excited about uh, joining uh, to the Syndicato project uh, with this uh, first product. Uh, we have the cigars already. They are aging, and hopefully soon we're going to be able uh, to have it out there for people to enjoy. We can't wait. We're looking forward to them. Coop, as always, thank you for your contribution this week, my man. All looking right. forward to seeing you when you come down. Uh, you other two guys, have a good weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Paul, try not to work too hard. <laughs> um, other than that, have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you for joining us on your Saturday morning. We hope we entertained you, taught you, and made you laugh a little. We'll see you back in two weeks. Keep it lit.